Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott on the Stretch Drive, Wednesday's edition of Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. Still to come at about 145, we're going to hear from the general manager of the number one ranked junior A team in Canada, the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Kyle Chase will check in. Right now, we're going to hear from our NHL insider, John Shannon. And John, it was a big day yesterday for maybe some of the older Oilers fans who remember the prime of Ryan Smith as he was inducted into the double IHF Hall of Fame as, uh, well, they called him Captain Canada. And I'll let you take it from there. Well deserved. Oh, Brandon, absolutely. I mean, when you think about how many times uh, in how many tournaments Ryan Smith represented our country and did it well and won medals and won trophies, uh, that uh, in many ways I was actually thinking after uh, after the award was given yesterday is why didn't it happen earlier? But uh, I can see by how the, how the Federation takes its time with these types of things. So it's well-deserved. The sad part about it is, uh, Brendan, that uh, if Ryan Smith is known as Captain Canada, it's because the Edmonton Oilers weren't in the playoffs enough, uh, and that be- that becomes the- that's the downside of a really good story. So uh, I'm happy for Ryan. I'm happy for the recognition, and certainly he's uh, made his place not just in the in the, uh, the the annals of Oilers history, but of, uh, of Hockey Canada history. Yeah, and we're talking everything from Olympic gold, World Championship gold, uh, World Cup gold, which sure. not everybody's had the opportunity to get. So it just seemed like, you know, of, of seven medals that he achieved, six of them were gold. He really helped set that standard, be it whatever event that he was in. Well, the interesting thing, too, is when you think of people that... Uh, personify what the Edmonton Oilers uh, have been in the community and when you think about how it all started for him at Glen Sather's Hockey School when the families both lived in Banff um, that really it, it, in many ways and, and Ryan probably wouldn't put it this way but it's kind of a storybook and and what he's done and how he's contributed uh, all to the all to the the betterment of everybody who watched him and enjoyed what he did both uh, nationally and internationally and certainly locally in Edmonton. Let me ask you this. Is it hurting him a little bit that he didn't have the opportunity to play when the world stage was the magnitude of a Canada Cup or a Summit Series or that sort of thing? Because a lot of these accomplishments were coming in the tournaments overseas that we know now as not necessarily the best-on-best tournaments. Uh, hurting him as far as what? Just what what his legacy is in the in the hockey Canada realm, I suppose. Would you consider? Oh, I, him... I don't think so. Okay, uh, I mean, I, I, no, I, I I think I think Ryan has a special place in international hockey. I, I think that you know we can all sit here and talk about uh, uh, what certain players did, but uh, I think that Ryan has created uh, a unique position uh, in what he did for. Uh, for the game and what he did for Hockey Canada. You know, I mean, the, his varied awards, his varied championships, 
in, in classic Ryan Smith style, there was nothing really fancy about it. He was just effective, and all he did was win. That's all he did. It's like standing in front of the net. All he did was win. Uh, I, I, I think certainly in terms of what he meant uh, for Hockey Canada in the international stage, I, I think he, he rates up there as, uh, as one of the greats. Let's shift gears and talk about uh, an active investigation, John, that the league is doing into the Arizona Coyotes as far as illegal testing of prospects. What do we know right now, and why is this deemed such a serious issue by the league? Well, you know, the issue for them is, that, I mean, there are rules and regulations, particularly when it comes to NCAA players. Uh, you can only have them for a certain amount of time. Even the league combine in Buffalo, they're only allowed to stay for a certain period of time. Uh, so if, if, uh, if what the Coyotes have done is, is beyond that, uh, then they're going to get their knuckles wrapped and they're going to get their, their knuckles wrapped heavily. Um, it's it's one of those things where I I, I actually believe that uh, that perhaps more teams have done this uh, over the last decade or so, uh, but the reality is now that the Coyotes appear to have been caught, and whether it's through their own ignorance or whether it's through uh, uh, through a whistleblower that this has occurred or somebody on the college side has done it, uh, then that's uh, then that's a, a real issue. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's one of those ones that I don't think in our world we really take too seriously in many times just because it has never been acknowledged before. So the league, you know the league is going to investigate this. This is one of those things in its role as, a, as the best hockey league in the world. It can't be seen taking advantage of the feeder systems, of the college teams, of the junior hockey teams. So I suspect that Bill Daly and his group will take this very seriously. Now, I can think back to, in my own memory, uh, the Devils were slapped with some uh, some disciplinary action for the contract of Ilya Kovalchuk way back in the day. Would, would it be a fine of draft <laughs> or uh, some sort of draft pick punishment? Do you think there would be a monetary issue? What, um, what, what could we expect theoretically if discipline comes down? Well, you know, I, I uh, the uh, maybe a better example uh, of of uh, what I would describe as this type of thing would be the tampering that went on between clubs in order to try to secure either players or coaches. Uh, memory serves me that Detroit was slapped with uh, losing draft picks and a heavy fine for the tampering of uh, Jacques Demers when he moved from St. Louis to Detroit. Um, so I, I and certainly now that's before Bill Daly's time and or even the the Bettman regime. Uh, so from my perspective, I would suspect that uh, the league will will try to find a way to to use the precedents uh, uh, that they've had. I mean, the only reason the Kovalchuk uh, contract was looked at was a the length and 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 quite frankly. Um, the amount of money that was paid up front versus the amount of money at the end and, and the length. Memory serves me, that was a, was that a 17-year deal, That Brendan? sounds about I right. I think that was a 17-year deal, which, which our friend Mr. Bettman was trying to push teams away from was the longer deals. And in fact, in the last CBA, did a, he, he's done a good job of making sure that deals can't be longer than eight years. But I think it, this is more of a tampering issue than it would be of a, a contract construction issue. 
Now, on the topic of uh, of contracts and what might end up being a mutual uh, separation of one, Dustin Bufflin is is working on getting out of his deal with Winnipeg the same way that Winnipeg is looking at getting that cap hit off of the books. Uh, what, what's the latest that you've heard on that situation there? You know, in fairness, I, Elliot Friedman's uh, column today, and he talked about it Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada, is probably as current as anything. Kevin Chevaldeoff's not really willing to to talk too much about it at this point. Uh, but I, I would I would think that the one thing that's going to have to happen sooner than later, and when I say sooner is before the trade deadline is to give the Jets some cap relief somehow, some way, in order to see if they can actually make some moves or a move at the deadline to get them back in a playoff spot. Um, but, you know, they, the Jets are, you know, they're, you know they, they have cash, but they're, they're not one of the top spending teams and they don't have deep pockets if they don't want to. They have, they're owned by the richest man in Canada, but that doesn't mean they spend a lot of money. Uh, so from, from, from that perspective, uh, I, w- I would say that they're just trying to get some cap relief sooner than later before the deadline, and I suspect it will happen somehow, some way. When, when you look at other contracts, when you look at how, for instance, the David Backus deal has been done in Boston, where he's on an American League team roster, yet he doesn't have to play, he's getting his NHL salary, um, and, and the league has been involved in this. Uh, because Bacchus is still an asset the Bruins might want to trade at some point. Uh, you have to wonder if there's somehow, some way that Bill Daly again uh, and the guys in uh, in hockey registry can find a way to keep it and work it well for both Bufflin and for the Jets. Do you think, and we'll wrap up with this with our NHL insider John Shannon, do you think that we see Dustin Bufflin in the NHL again, be it with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, more likely with a different team? I suspect we'll see him. I mean, first of all, we have to wonder how healthy he still is or isn't. Uh, that's, that's a question that uh, is going to come up, and that's a question that every team's going to ask. But I would not be surprised to see Dustin Bufflin sign with someone uh, in the summertime uh, if he's allowed to. Uh, and that's, that's therefore if his contract is a sponge from... Uh... And just like that, there goes John. Uh... We'll give him a second to see if this reconnects. If not, uh, we can step aside here and we'll leave it with that. I I, I think where we're going with this, if uh, if I'm if I'm following John correctly, is just that you you've got a guy here who is in the latter stages of his career, has made his money, has made a lot of it, and there is John. You want to finish up that point? Well, well just uh, you know, Bufflin still loves the game. Let's let's make no and and the problem is is that his his health has been an issue, and and the question now becomes whether he really wants to play in Winnipeg. Um, you know, this is one of those ones where the league does its best to make sure that the team gets what it needs, and hopefully the player gets what he needs, uh, without without uh, without trying to penalize anybody and without trying to take advantage for an individual team. They have to worry about not just the Jets, but they have to worry about with the ramifications that it, that it incurs on the other 30 teams at this point. John, thank you for your time today. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. All right, Brendan. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon. We'll step aside one last time on Oilers Now. Back with the general manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, Kyle Chase. 
Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. For the menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Well... This man's team has been taking a real big bite out of the AJHL this year. Pleased to be joined now on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by General Manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders. <clears throat> it is Kyle Chase. Kyle, how's it going today? Doing well, Brennan. How are you? Excellent, thank you. So we bring you aboard because for the first time in franchise history, you are ranked number one in the Canadian Junior Hockey League. And it's been quite a process building towards this, but a 42-7 and record will get you there. Just talk about sort of the journey to where you guys are at right now. Well, I think, you know, in the last two, three years, we've, you know, we've overcome some of the challenges in the past, etc., and we've developed a group of players that, We've been fortunate to have most of them for a couple of years and a lot of them for three. And, and you know, we've gotten you know we've gotten to where the guys have a lot of trust in the coaches and vice versa. And I think there's, there you know, the coaches have a lot of trust in the players. Therefore, you know, the product has improved, uh, you know, game by game. And we're, and we're real happy right now. A very deep roster that you bolster. Leading scorer of the league, Arjun Atwal, flanked on the left side of that top line by Carter Savoy, who's... 46 goals uh, through much less, well, 49 games, I guess. So just an incredible run statistically for a lot of these guys. But there was a learning process last year in the playoffs that took place, I'm willing to bet, particularly getting as far as Game 6 at the North Division Final and sort of learning what it takes to get over that hump. Is that fair to say? I think that is fair to say. You know, we we got out to a quick lead in that series, 2-0 against Bruce Grove. And, you know, and they're their experience and their will to win and and you know their commitment to a you know to playing playoff type hockey for lack of a better term um proved to our guys that you know you, even though you finish first it's not you're not just automatically going to roll through the playoffs so i think it was a big learn for us a lesson for everybody involved myself included so you know we're we're looking forward to hopefully getting the opportunity to, to get to the north final against against anybody we just hope to get to the north final I think it was indicative when I'm looking at the lack of moves that you needed to make at the January 10th junior hockey freeze roster wise because of of how well everything had been assembled leading up to that point. Um, Were there any difficulties in building up a roster that you really believe now is the one that'll help you push for that North Division title or beyond? Well, I think, you know, from my experience so far has been that you're always trying to tweak and sometimes I guess maybe last year, I don't want to say we over tweaked, but, you know, we tried to tweak a little bit again. And this year there was nothing that, you know, that really jumped out that said, you know, we should go ahead and, you know, make, make sure we do this. We got lucky. We got Ty Ettinger at the deadline, which was huge for our group because we needed another left shot, shut down D man and Ty can play in both ends of the rink. He's tough. We got real lucky getting him. And, you know, and that's really what we had been looking for for the most part, and you, you know, you and I had spoke about it in the past where we're looking for that bigger, tougher shutdown two-way guy up on the back end, and that's what we got in Ettinger, who's, uh, you know, a welcome piece. But getting Kendall at December 1st, just prior to the December 1st deadline was, was huge to get Jacob Kendall as well. So, you know, we're pretty we're pretty confident that we got a group that can, that can you know, go a long ways. We just need to get healthy now. You talk about, as we chat with Kyle Chase, the general manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, um, is there 
a concern about a lack of adversity faced, if that makes sense, when you've got a 42-7 and record and, and now you're pushing towards some real intense North Division playoff hockey? Um, yeah, not really. I think we, you know, we've been banged up here as of late. And, and you know, we've had, got, you know, Arjun Atwell, our captain, we went down south and we played two games against two of the top teams in the south and Brooks and Drumheller with our, without Arjun. We won one and lost 1-2-1 one, one in Brooks. And, you know, and we didn't have, you know, our top two centermen in Atwell and Mueller. So we're, we're pretty confident that we've faced some adversity. You know, we've lost games to you know, to White Court and, and to Grand Prairie, we feel like, you know, we we all know that if you take a day off in our league too, uh, no difference in a lot of leagues is, is if you take the night off, you're going to get beat. And, you know, it speaks to the parity of the league. Nine games left in the regular season. What are you hoping to see and what can fans expect to see down this stretch run if they make their way over to the Sherwood Park Arena? Well, I think you're going to see some fast hockey where guys are committed to, you know, to winning games and playing hard and playing quick and playing as a group. And, you know, and one of the things we take pride in is, is our try. Um, you know, we're, we're, you, you get to watch it nightly, Brendan, too. And, you know, I think, I feel like we're pretty confident to say that on a lot of nights we outwork the opponent and, and we outskate them. And that's something that you'll get to watch. You'll get to watch a lot of fast hockey and a lot of really good players are going on to the next level, whether it's ACAC, Div 1, NCAA or or U Sports, so we're we're pretty fortunate. Kyle, we appreciate the time. Good luck down the stretch, and we'll be sure to get you back on soon. Real good, thanks, Brennan. Thank you. That is Kyle Chase, the general manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders. They got a pair of home games this weekend. Head to SherwoodParkCrusaders.com to check out those details. Right now, we go to this day in Oilers history. It's brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now on a great road trip to see the Oilers play the Hawks in Chicago. Call New West Travel or go online at NewWestTravel.com. On this day back in 1991, a wild game in Boston sees Ken Hodge and Peter Klima each pick up a hat trick and Craig Simpson chip in with two goals. That wasn't enough for the Oilers as they fall to the Bruins 6-5. Stay in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. You can join us on a great road trip to see the Oilers and the Blackhawks in Chicago. Call New West Travel. Go online at newwesttravel.com. Com. Appreciate all your contributions on the text line, as always. A lot of you saying that $8 million might be a little bit too much for Darnell Nurse. We'll see how that unfolds in the offseason. Meanwhile, we got a game coming up tomorrow to speak about. Right here on 630, Chad, the Oilers looking to rebound from that shutout loss. San Jose makes their way to Rogers Place. 730 puck drop. 6 o'clock for your City Ford Faceoff show. Tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8 p.m., Mr. Dave Campbell, what do you have? We got our weekly visit with the one and only Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers. Also, looking forward to this, uh, Stan Niradka, who is the Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet ice surfing stats and research guru. Oh, wow. So, of course, you know, I mean, analytics and stats, we all love that stuff, especially stats. I know I love stats, so... We're going to talk to Stan, have a little fun conversation there. And uh, it almost pains me to say, they say don't get too close to players, but when you're in the business and you talk to a lot of players, uh, sometimes you get close to some of them. And Natea is a former Edmonton Eskimo, released on the weekend, do a roster bonus, and was let go. It's the way it goes in pro football, especially.
portion of the CFL. Well, he signed today with the Toronto Argos, so we'll talk to Natea Gia about making the transition from being an Eskimo to an Argo. The good news is, Brandon, it's uh, it's home for him, so uh, that's good. Although he loved being an Eskimo, he loved being in Edmonton. So that and much more on 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. I got that sense, Dave. He was always very accessible, both at the Grey Cup festivities and otherwise in the community. Tomorrow... Bob will return to the host chair. We'll tee up Oilers, Sharks. We've got Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your contributions on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Brendan Escott saying so long from the 6.30 Chet Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.